0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this brand new episode of Music to Live with Shanti. I'm your host, Shanti Perpellini, and today with me, Kelly Brother Leonard, a blogger who writes for the page X, Sisterhood X, and together we're going to talk about music, women, and straight edge. So let's go! Check this
1: out! to live
0: for with Hello, everybody, and welcome to this new episode of Music to Live for with Shanti. I'm your host, Shanti Perpellini, and today I'm here with Kelly. Hi, Kelly, how are you doing?
2: Hi, Shanti, how
0: are you? I'm fine, and I have to thank you a lot to be part of this episode, because... I was following you on Instagram and on internet, on your on your website, in your blog, talking about straight edge, woman and straight edge, and music. And I always remember that I told myself one day I need to contact her and have the opportunity to talk or to record a podcast. So here we are, <laughs> and I'm really glad that we found the time. Thank you very much.
2: Welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're excited.
0: Yeah, hey, my first question, as usual, is to, uh, I always ask to my guests to introduce themselves because, so the, the, my listener can understand what's going on in this episode. So I'll let you, the microphone, I'll let you introduce yourself.
2: My name is Kelly Leonard. I run X Sisterhood X. I'm also a small business owner. We make promotional pinback buttons, like little pins you see on people's bags, stickers, magnets, that kind of stuff. I'm also mom and a, a general very crafty individual
1: mhm
0: yeah i saw um the products you have for me from your, from your uh, blog or uh, what also called it's a blog or it's a website or
1: would you
2: it's it's been it, a, it, it was it started off as a, a message board kind of like a list where people talked and then we made it into essentially a dean. i don't do a lot of blogging i do um i like to I I would like to share more people's personal stories, so we that's why we started the interview project where we highlight women fr- women and girls from all different backgrounds who mm-hmm. identify as, as being straight edge and part of the scene.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is a topic that I think is so important because in the last year um, I have I've been able to tour or meet a lot of band here in Switzerland or in Europe, and um, and observing a lot. the the music scene and i really noticed that sometimes we have uh, also from the input coming from social medias nowadays um, of course asking for more equality asking for more respect for women but sometimes leaving the scene i've noticed that it's still not like this or that's my feeling on that and this is one of the reasons why I thought, oh, we definitely need to talk. And when I have like a female guest on the podcast, I always have one or two question on the topic. Oh, would you leave your music scene? It could be modern, it could be classic, it could be hardcore as it could be like, as a soloist, uh, for a violinist or something like this, you know, because sadly, um, wonderful music scene with different color, with different situation, but also hard times for women. So I think it's always important to uh, advocate it and also to 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 talk, as you said, on your blog, trying to um, having more experiences told, like for people to read it, to better understand, because sometimes we are focused on one point, on the other, or we like underestimate some situation. And of course, uh, the point that is straight edge related, because straight edge is a topic mm-hmm. that is dear to me. And that's one
2: of my favorite topics, Shanti.
0: <laughs> that's amazing because um as I was saying before, uh when I started recording um the podcast, and now we are also over 40 episode um I didn't know how much <laughs> like how much uh bring about this, you know, like because should I stay neutral neutral or I should bring that. But then and then I say who give a fuck this is a part of
2: me. I think part of you, and it's, it's something that's important to you. And I think that if you can talk about it in a way that doesn't, uh, it's not judgmental. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's, it's it's positive that someone might hear it and think, oh, I, I think I might be into that.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: You know, because it is, it's just kind of like riding below the surface. And there was a long time where it, um, people, they really didn't like people who were straight edge. Mm hmm you know and i think that if you have a bunch of positive voices out there who are less judgmental and more just being honest and and kind of just talking about their their truth it it it, it makes it more appealing to others mm-hmm. it might it might be, if, if if anything else it just makes people curious about it and look into it in a in a more objective way
0: yeah, so yeah I, I sorry i always had this experience that even now with 36 years old uh when i'm out with some friends or colleagues They don't, maybe don't really know me and my personality. uh, We are at a bar, we are hanging out and that's what you want to drink and say, oh, thank you, take a heist tea or take just water or take a soda, you know, other things than alcohol. There's still this like surprise, like is in our society, society, so uh, it's quite normal as an adult, if you go out or normally an adult drink alcohol. And, mm-hmm. um, for those who don't know what strategy, I guess we can just to sum up right now, beginning of the episode, what it is, well, strategy, uh, well, I'm going to give like, a more how I interpret that if, if later you want to something, you're welcome. But for me, uh, well, when I get in touch with, uh, strategy was, um, can, strategy, like for me, like a life philosophy, I will say, uh, where people, um, don't do drug, don't smoke, don't drink alcohol and of course there's also this topic and this is also a hot topic about uh, promiscuity and but to me Boy, it goes about it goes <laughs> about uh, respect for people you respect yourself your body and and of course you respect those who are around you and this the philosophy come from a song uh from the american band called minor threat and uh you and, uh, and, uh, it's a song that is titled straight edge and Mm-hmm. Uh, funny, because I remember watching a documentary with the lead singer of the band saying, you know, we just wrote a song. We never wanted to create yeah, like, very, a I would, I would
2: call him a reluctant leader, like a reluctant uh, originator.
0: Yes, but it gave me such a positive, uh, positive input, I suppose. And um, to me, it always been something important growing up from since I'm a teenager to now, and Going back to the situation, being now an adult going out for work or for fun, yeah, the fact that you are not into some substances sometimes seems like, kind of, hey, what's going on? The first reaction, maybe also because my origins, because I'm from India, people ask me, oh, it's because of your religion. But you know, there, there it, the crazy part is that there has to be like an, an higher, um, Will because you don't do that, you know, or a mm-hmm. good, a, a, let's call it a very good reason, beside <laughs> not just like it or don't do it. And for me, what's easy because I never liked the taste of alcohol or some kind of beverages, and I never be appealed to smoke. So it was like I always watch from distances. But then, uh, as a teenager, you I guess suppose it's normal. You you need to find your position in society being rebellious or just like what's my opinion on and straight edge just fit right with what the way i was living and of course with the music i was listening to so this is
2: i think you have you have people that you know i've been straight edge since i was about 15 years old and to me it was there was no option to be anything else i was that mentality existed in me before i knew what straight edge was and i know a lot of people say that exact same thing and then you have another camp of people who um, experience uh, drug use or alcohol abuse or even just like mild use of it that caused them to have negative experiences or, you know, destructive experiences in their life who are in recovery, who have a different relationship to straight edge than say someone who like me who just, I, I've never felt the desire or need to drink. It's never been something I struggled with. It's never been something I have ever even considered doing. And uh, and neither one of those is more uh, viable than the other. They're just two very different experiences, and people come to it from different places. Mm -hmm. Um, But to go back to your – you were talking about the promiscuity. I I think what's really interesting about Straight Edge as a – whether you call it a philosophy, a movement, a lifestyle, there's all these different – people who argue about what to call it, uh, the people that came up with the idea, they exist. They're alive right now. It's not like, you know, I can go back and talk to Thomas Jefferson and find out what he was really thinking. People have asked Ian MacKay over and over and over again what he meant when he wrote the songs, and he has very clearly said it, especially on The Promised Duty, where he was talking about how he was against it as a sport, sex as a sport is putting that notch on your belt of how many right. people you could, you know, sleep with. It wasn't that he was against sex in general. Mm-hmm. He just said, I wasn't out to just bang everybody and brag about it. So when people are like, well, straight edge means no sex. And I was like, that's not what it means at all. It missed the context of it all. It's the same thing when they get into arguments about, well, if you're straight edge, you can't have a cup of coffee. If you're straight edge, you can't take Tylenol. If you're straight edge, you can't go to the doctor. It's, it's, ridiculous yes Fundamental, that's a that's a one of those like i would say it's when they um they become like a fundamentalist
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you know when you start bringing in that radical kind of thinking you always end up with those people who try to out radical each other well i'm more straight edge. i'm better than you i do well and that's you know how the 90s happened and we had gangs in utah i mean that's just it's, it's I,
0: have, I don't have much of a tolerance for it. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, we also had some, um, yeah, I guess we can, because these are also the terms that they like, it's the gang, uh, even here in Switzerland, um, related to what we used to call as a hooligans of our core, <laughs> because they were, <laughs> I mean, I'm into moshing and everything, but sometimes it's definitely crowd killing, sometimes it's really extreme. Yeah. Um, I'm more a stage diving guy that I don't know who uh, is, it, is going to hurt that too. <laughs> but yeah, um, this extremism. I think this is kind of reflection of the society. And we see this nowadays, every day, everything should be like black or white. You know, you, you, people don't understand really, or seems not to understand what does it mean, uh, learn something, understand something, and then apply on your life. Uh, normally, when I talk with other person as all brings out the argument like in, it's like for fitness. Nowadays, we receive a lot of input about how your body should look like, What, how much should you train, why should you train. But in the end, you should like, do I like train? Do I want train? But then on you, how many times you go, when you go, it's up to you when you're feeling good because it should be like okay. something make you feel good. And then also you will see then the result you don't have to push yourself and everything but out there the result is condition like okay if it's this okay in which direction do you go there is not this idea of that somebody have some idea and, and put and wear it like a, a vest you know like it's your on your personality and some people just also reacted in the past like oh you're straight edge but you are a nice guy i mean yeah what do you expect <laughs> you know yeah, like, i mean
2: I, I mean I lived I lived through like I the nineties and it and into the early aughts there, the two thousands and I mean it was the message board culture what was happening, what people were saying and what some people were doing and I I mean a really small minority. I actually never met anybody in real life who did anything you, I didn't meet anybody who ever carved an X in someone's back or was like punching people in the face for smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Like that was an experience I had, but that was what was in the lexicon, right? That's what people thought everybody who was straight edge were doing. And the other thought was that um, we were all pretentious and thought we were better than them. And I under- I can understand where that comes from because we they, a lot of the um, merchandising, I guess, with bands and uh, some of the brands that existed Used words like purity or you know being pure, or poor. you know they would they would use words that made it sound like they were elevating themselves above yeah. somebody else.
0: Yeah,
2: and i i I don't think that that's the, i I don't feel that that's what it should be. And i I try really hard to not use that that those types of words that kind of are like I have um made decisions that are better than yours.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I, I yeah. don't want
2: people to feel badly. Or that they can't be around me, that I'm judging them because I'm not judging them. Would I like it if everybody decided to just stop drinking and smoking? I think that'd be really healthy. But I'm yeah, not right. going to necessarily proselytize and and try to indoctrinate people into into straight edge because I I, it, I think your your heart has to be into it. And if if you're just doing it because someone is forcing you or they're afraid, it doesn't make any sense to me at all.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I met those guys who are in this gang in Zurich. And we still have contact, but many of them are like broke the edge. Let's say oh, people like to call it, you know, and in the end uh, to me, it's like, it's normal that life is made of phases and you decide what to do. And uh, I, but for this person was to me kind of crazy because they just went from an opposite to another. Uh, no secret that they were before vegan straight edge and uh, suddenly they, sh- they started doing drug heavy drugs like yeah definitely changed lifestyle drastically I,
1: I've seen that. Yeah. and
0: then you notice where something become not healthy or like uh, I remember going to a store in a city near Basel and I, I noticed that the guy at the counter I know him f- from the music scene and I knew they was straight edge and and I say he was kind of shy. And suddenly after 10 minute talk, he said, but you know, Shanti, um, I'm not straight edge anymore. And I said, well, you, maybe you have your good reason. He said, yeah, but I told you wouldn't talk to me. You
1: know, mm-hmm.
0: why? You know, like, like yeah. Um, and this is, this is uh, for all the listeners. Yeah, straight edge brings like, a, a, to me, for example, broke a lot of positive things. He's helped me also to, um, Go through also some phases of my life in a positive way um, emotionally, but also strength of your body. And uh, do
2: you do you have a, a a group of friends that you see regularly that are straight edge? Yes, are still straight edge? Yeah, I still. Yeah, have. I, I I do too, and I I think that that is the exception, not the norm. Mm-hmm. I think yes. that there are a lot of people who um learn about it or and are and um. Kind of internalize it, and they live very isolated lives, and they isolate themselves from others because they're straight edge. At least that's what I read in some of these message boards or on, on Facebook and stuff. And where I've been really fortunate to always have been surrounded by at least a handful of people that are also straight edge. Like right now, um, one of my employees, coworkers, they're they're also straight edge, and sometimes we like to talk about it at work. But I think that a lot of people um like the story you were telling who walk away from it some of them have uh personal reasons mm-hmm. i i can't pretend to understand them but I, I do remember a friend of mine who all through college i had a real art at school we had a group of us ten or 15 they were all straight edge mm-hmm. we all lived together we all went to shows together and um we were up at lake george on a rowboat and he's just like ellie and i'm like yeah he goes I broke edge and I was just like, okay. You know, I, I, I won't deny being disappointed. I wasn't Mm -hmm. angry, but I was really disappointed. And I think that's a perfectly valid response to having, when you have this kind of, you feel like you have a connection with someone and you share that connection with them and then they, they no longer share that with you. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of like, Oh, that's a bummer, but Okay.
0: Yeah, life goes I mean, on. But the fact is that strategy, um, let's say it's against some attitude or some things that people are used to in society that uh, you see like every single day. They don't uh, oh, question it. And uh, yeah, and so you notice that people that also uh, understand strategy, uh, you find this connection not just for the belonging, but also because you, you see that, oh, you also feel that discomfort. You feel that that something is wrong. And, and and it helps you. But as you said, if somebody just decided to change lifestyle, one of my best friends, definitely one of my best friends on dessert, um is is no more a straight edge, but I see that he, he learned something from that period, you know? So you say, okay, that sounds a positive, because you learned something. But when I think about those people who really jump ship and go totally on the other side, then I see. Well, then you, you. Well, what's the lesson there? You
1: know?
2: mm-hmm. Well, I think I think too. There was the before when I got brought in uh, to a Straight Edge I clued into it and started listening to music. The bands that I was listening to, the zines that I was reading all talked about straight edge being a lifetime commitment
1: mm-hmm. and
2: it wasn't something you took lightly. You, you were like, no, this is what I'm going to do. And I know that I didn't know it at the time. I know it now as a grown up, but at the time, I didn't know that this, as much of the history and that, that idea of it being a lifetime commitment of being something you kind of like, you're like, I'm, I'm going to be straight edge forever. Um, that wasn't newer. Mm-hmm. That wasn't that. Oh, that wasn't always part of it in a, in a way. But I I liked that part of it. I liked yeah. that. And I, I thought that that was like, yeah, that really makes that makes a lot of sense to me. Did, you know, I can stand back and look at what um, what people were doing to their lives, or even what they you know was what was the purpose of why they were doing or drinking or smoking or engaging in risky uh, behavior. And I have never felt like drawn to that.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But
2: um, it just. It, does, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But also, um, back to people necessarily, I guess, break edge. There's been a couple of, like higher profile bands where the singers have, you know, I'm not straight edge anymore. And, they, and the fan base or the scene predictably gets upset.
1: Mm-hmm. And people
2: are like, well, why are you upset? And I'm like, well, you've, you've come out, you've screamed in our faces about how important this is, we believed in you. They believed in the words that you're saying and we're disappointed and they, they don't seem to put those things together that they, they can't acknowledge that disappointment. And instead they're just like, Oh, you guys suck.
1: It's yeah.
2: just, you don't yes. acknowledge that you were kind of in a way a role model or you introduced something to someone that changed mm-hmm. their lives. And yes. now you kind of like, it's okay. It's like when you realize your parents have flaws, but when you, when you come down a peg or two, it's like, that oh, sucks. Yes. Your your hero
0: is kind of... Yes, because I'm a part of the Stratage community, but in general, it comes from from the hardcore scene for the music. It's so strong music related. To me, one of the main reasons why Stratage is still something important is because uh, I still listen to that music. I still love the message. I still feel that inside of me. And so uh, it also happened to me to... you met some bands that were straight edge and then they just really changed completely attitude. And uh, they were like very, very uh, militant, I would say. And I think it's paradox of like when you like an artist and you like the music and then suddenly you discover that this person did something cringe or yeah, let's say not good. And you still ask yourself, should I listen, skip, listen to that music because the artists bring that message. And if you like the song is your anthem, you say, oh, this song talk for me, for what I'm thinking, for the feeling. But at the same time, you like the connection with the artist. And I think in the hardcore mm-hmm. scene and the punk scene is something that I really always loved is that you have this connection with the musicians, with the artists and mm-hmm. So it's like double, uh, double rock uh, fracture of your heart because you think, oh my <laughs> god, is, I is, love it's, the bands. in it, but and these artists, I thought that it was the the person who really. Well, you almost uh, you
2: feel just you feel it's like a trust issue, right? You feel like yes. tr- you, you trusted them, you you thought you guys were on the same page, and then all of a sudden, like everything that you believed is now it it, it feels it feels like it was all a lie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but
2: it's it's you know, I I personally struggle with that. I, I when something's disingenuous, there's hypocrisy. I'm like, it, I I it just makes my like head. You know, I can't I can't um. I'm like, well, how can you? And, and when bands come back and they're doing all these reunion tours all over, mm-hmm. and it just feels so. Um, I mean, I'll go see all these bands, of course, but if they're up there singing the songs. That are about straight edge and they're not straight edge. It it creates this dissonance, and I'm mm-hmm. and it's hard for me to be like, yeah. I, you know, I, I'd like to I'd like to know how, how they actually feel about that. Like, do they feel a little awkward about it? Does it make them like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I thought I got the point, but you know, I can talk from the point of view of a young man growing up in the straight edge and hardcore scene. And now still living that as a, yeah, I would say an an adult and grow up. (laughs) But uh, how it was as a a, a woman, growing up as a teenager and then become, having a family, having children. Like, how how do you live that?
2: When I was coming into the the hardcore scene, I, I was, I didn't know at the time. I was incredibly fortunate. I grew up in the Hudson Valley in New York in Orange County, this tiny little town called Pine Bush. And we just, we had so, we had a huge music scene. Mm -hmm. And we had access to to New York City with a train ride. And in our area, it it wasn't necessarily easy to be a, a female in the scene. Because a lot of times you were just considered to be kind of like there for the boys and everybody yeah. was always questioning why you were there and 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 I kind of like I haven't quite come to I don't know how to articulate this correctly or in a in a way that is, is very eloquent but I got into straight edge through my boyfriend at the time's band so it was like oh you're straight edge because your boyfriend is straight edge
1: mm-hmm. and
2: he he also we both learned about it at the same time we both were introduced to hardcore at the same time it wasn't like he was into it first, and then I got into it. We we literally came into it at the exact same time, but he was there for the right reasons, and I was there for the wrong reasons. And it was this kind of feeling of being relegated to being just a, a, what the boys would call band aid.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I would just be there as you know, I'm just there for the the boys. I don't know music. I don't know what I'm doing, and that made me actually speak out. Other girls. I mean, there were not many in my little town. Um, and that's how I stumbled upon the sister. wasn't my idea. I wish I could say it was, uh, it was a, a little like list serve. I'm really dating myself right now, but it was essentially an email messaging um, thing where girls would write to each other and then they'd write back and we'd all get this mm-hmm. big long list at the end of the day and we'd write back. And then the girl that was running it didn't want to do it anymore. So I took it over and build a website and a zine and Mm -hmm. interviews and all that other stuff from it. But it was really because I was looking for a connection with other girls. Mm -hmm. It it was lonely. It was, it it was, it was, I also felt that I had to be really tough. I had to be, I had to not let things bother me in order to be accepted. So you Mm -hmm. had to take a lot of nonsense. You had to put up with a lot of bullshit that you, a lot of girls aren't putting up with right now. Yes. And, um, there's a lot of, like, uh, you're a coat rack, you're, um, what else did they say? You know, no no clit in the pit. Girls can't be. I mean, we're talking the, there are some guys that are in bands right now who people are hero worship that would say that girls can't be straight edge. Okay. They, they would okay. say that. And that was repeated over and over and over again. So when, especially on the message board, you just got, like, hammered. You know, it was, it was, you know, if a, if a girl happened to be with a guy, it would just, they would just get, it was, it was, the language was just disgusting. It, it was, it was a, you know, you can go back to the Wayback Machine and look at it all. It was awful. It was, it was no fun being a, a girl in the scene at the time. And things have come an enormous distance since then. Like, it is, it is very different, but I don't think it's, it's good enough yet at all. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, um, you know, we get comments on, the, on the message on the um Facebook often that are, are kind of like, you know, why, you know, you have a girl who, um, dresses a certain way and you immediately get DMs from people telling me to stop slutting up the straight edge scene.
1: Okay. Okay. Like yeah. that.
2: Or, you know, yeah. um, guys will send me a message and I'm married. I've been married for almost like 20 years at this point. And they'll be like, well, you de- I don't respond quick enough. You didn't respond to me and then just send me a list this long of all the terrible things that I am and I'm horrible and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as a woman who's in the straight-edge scene, but also a mom, um, it doesn't make, like, mom culture sucks. It's all about, like, dumping on your kids and then drinking wine and, you know, at the end, you know, they're like, oh, we should go, we should get mimosas in the morning. And I'm like, I don't want to do any of that.
0: Yeah, because this is also stereotypical we, that I see like on Netflix series like this. Yeah. And we also have the same this idea, what's this produced in America that comes also into Europe and vice versa. And this is also this sometimes these idea, you know, like, okay, so oh my god, I'm a parents, it's so stressful. I'm and uh, everything. So I get yeah. But yeah, I
2: have to get I have to drink to just deal with my kids, you know. Look around here in and I'm in New England. There are tons of these little like wineries and craft breweries that have mm-hmm. popped up and it's just like they have these they'll basically have the vents for the family they have food trucks and like they just bring their kids to these breweries so they can drink all day and play cornhole with their okay. kids there I'm just like okay I'm like I don't I, I but those things just like should we just go take them to the park like why are we bringing the kids to a yeah. brewery yeah, but, the nature, yeah like... it, it just doesn't
0: Sometimes I ask myself, "Is the why?" And now I, I would say I live in Europe, but I can feel that the same as maybe more in the U.S. in some communities is like being uh, more um, having some values as a family, as a person. Uh, if you say, "Okay, it's related to the music," or give the straight edge," something. But then, if you are more part of like a religious society or community, it's it's in some ways is kind of similar, like having good, a positive commitment. But it's like it's it's like it's being strategy, not taken so like seriously. Like if you say, "I do it, I do that for Jesus," you know, I how is that this feeling that? But yours just still living your life, and and you're giving to your son or your daughter like a good example of course uh then when you will grow up you may say you know you you have the time to experience to take decision and everything but at the same time uh, you give this example but you don't have to push the idea i do this because of that of that is that when you are straight edge it's definitely something that is more in your in the way you live without waving any flag or something it is just the way you show to somebody how do you live? And this is something that I always admired of strategy that I like, you know. I just, sometimes I wear my t-shirt, sometimes I wear my pins with the triple X and everything. I got other I that waited on my hand, but it's not something that I just like to show. I just I just want to to show through my action, you know. But
2: mm-hmm. sometimes
0: it seems that it's kind of, I I felt like it's over, like undervaluated instead of older morality of of, of la- or lifestyles let's say
2: so when I first got out of college I worked a corporate job in marketing and uh, a lot a big part of the culture of this company was drinking mm-hmm. and I remember meeting one of the sales guys and talking to him and he invited me to happy hour and I said I'll go but I don't drink and he took that as being a challenge that I, he was going to get me to drink. And that is an experience that I've had over and over and over again. I mean, even in college, I remember this one guy who is just like, it's a shame that you're straight edge. Cause I can't get you drunk and take advantage of you.
0: Okay. That's, that's I awful. Mean, yeah.
2: The, the, I mean, these are the things that you, you know, you, but in, in the corporate environment, a lot of stuff happened over golf and, and drinks. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not, you, a lot the of times they would just not even ask me because they assumed I wouldn't go. And of course I'll go. I don't, I don't, I'm not afraid to go into a bar. It's not like the alcohol is going to fall into my mouth or something. I I can drink a soda. I'm fine. Or some seltzer. But they, you know, it was like, oh, that it, it was, I think, challenging in them in some way. And I don't quite understand it or made them uncomfortable, like, why aren't you like us? Why aren't you doing the same thing we're doing? Mm-hmm. If I had just said, oh, I'm in recovery, it would have probably been a lot easier. In fact, I, I have friends that, that have told me that's what they would do. But it it, 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 I think, did create a weird barrier in that scenario where
1: mm-hmm.
2: I couldn't quite mesh into it.
0: Yes. Yeah, I relate with that because sometimes I work with some uh small project here in switzerland uh, also i try also to support young artists or young uh, organizer that want to be able to uh, do some uh, organize some events uh, even if there is not much budget and everything and um but many times just notice these people kind of what nowadays are call hipsters they it's a lot of in the way you look like the way you you show but And then you do these events and everything. That's amazing. But then they're just waiting to go and socialize through, uh, you know, what we call here apéro. Is they'll just go there. Oh, there is white wine. There is something to eat. Oh, let's have a beer. Oh, you know, we can go behind the corner. We can have a joint. You know, like and it seems that without that moment, you you can get in touch with people. Mm-hmm. and this is kind of tragic because uh, and i have to be honest sometimes makes me can thinks a lot of situation because on, even in my personality still i still a little bit shy as a person but i sometimes i think well what's going on if i go to a person that i think attractive and i just introduce myself nicely the worst case scenario she said no thank you or just leave me alone you know and there is done but then you think about the situation that, or people they met and they say, Oh, tell me how is your story? Is that it is, Oh yeah. We were a party. We're drunk. when We met, you know, like <laughs> now it's a little bit, I may, I, I'm just telling like more like a joke, but it's really, I noticed this in my profession that uh, the part where people have the chance really to talk and everything most of the time are really influenced or under the influence of substances, Mm-hmm. And people really want to go to a cultural event because there is this idea of party and being free. But in my mind, and I'm not judging them because there's their lives. But in my mind, is that you are not free. You know, you're just getting into this rhythm of this what was a little bit our society expecting from you. And
2: yeah, I mean, I don't think I think what one of the, the things that I I hope to accomplish with some of the stuff I do is if anything else just let people know that they have a choice Mm -hmm. that, that the what they've been, I guess in a sense indoctrinated into over time thinking that, okay, when I'm a teenager, I experiment with drugs and alcohol. And as an adult in order to talk to girls or to get my courage or to relax, I need to do this. And I think it's, it's through society, through media, uh, through just watching what your uncles and your parents are doing, that is the message that you get, that this is what we do. This is normal. For instance, I was going to a tree lighting with my kids and my daughter was walking with one of her friends and they were talking about New Year's Eve and her little friend looks at her and says, yeah, on New Year's Eve when we're 21, we can we can drink alcohol. We're going to drink it together. And my daughter was like, yeah, I'm not sure I might do that. So I don't know if my kids will continue like, but at least they know that you don't have to. Yeah. But it's a choice that you make. You don't have to just follow that path like a herd a herd of cattle, right? Without yeah. ever questioning, why am I actually doing this? Is it am I doing it because I want to, or is it because I've been sold this idea that this is how what I'm supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I and I think that if one of the things that straight edge can do for even people outside of the, the scene is just kind of make them think.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: And then, and be like, you know, and even kids, like it's, I think it's a great thing for kids to be exposed to. I I tell my kids all the time when they're complaining about kids at school, I'm like, go to a show then you like the kids at school, go to a show. There's one, like almost every weekend at the wham leg, you're going to meet kids from all these other schools. They're going to be weirdos just like you. And you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. and um and just because these these kids at school are all just kind of following the line doing what's expected doesn't mean that you have to
1: yes yes
2: and also i, I explained to them um and you're gonna have to expect that people are gonna notice that you're different mm-hmm. and you're gonna have to be okay with that
0: yes so. yes it's like the, uh, you learn also what does it mean taking a position and keep it because you understand that you believe in that and it's good for you. But one of the key word, I think is education because uh, going back, what were you saying about the mean comments of many people's, not just written online because nowadays with uh, writing online uh, through social media, it's so easy for people being frustrated and aggressive. and But also people that come into you saying, hey, you don't belong here or something like this. And I think that, it goes back really on the way some people grow up. So the result this really a social problem. Like, um, I don't know if it's because I grew up in a family where I had like two sisters and one is younger, the other is older. And so, you know, you, you also understand really what does it mean growing with women in a house and oh somebody sees something, somebody leaves something and feeling different and everything. And sometimes, as a man, I'm really shocked to see how some people, of some men, but also of some women, accept also some situation. But because really there is this kind of um, we are kind of used to, and some people don't we're feel like the way. urge I mean, to scream. Hey, I don't want this.
2: I mean, we're taught that. I mean, little girls are taught how to behave right culturally we're taught like what our role should be and how we're what we're supposed to say and not say and and i i was always kind of like a square peg in a round hole growing up you know i just i, I drove my my father nuts i he he would always be like why can't you be more like a lady Ooh, you know why yeah, can't you be more and it it, I, it never i is it, it just not something i was in my dna to do, I always was just kind of a tomboy and just did my, I did what I wanted to do regardless of what, um, you know, was expected of me mm-hmm. to do. Um, and, and I think that it, even, even at the time I accepted certain behavior because I understood that if I didn't accept it, that the punishment or what I would have to endure would be worse. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot of time. I mean, it's taken like twenty years just to get to here, where you know it's better. I I, I, would, I would be completely lying if I said it wasn't better. Um, I think there's more pressure for. I I think men need to put and boys need to put more pressure on each other to behave mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, that's not that's not fucking acceptable." Yeah. Because as soon as someone like me says it eyes roll and they're just like whatever shut up boomer whatever they're gonna you know it's just like it, it, it you, you need that support you need people to like recognize and I think it'd be really important that if people who are active in the scene now who were active in the scene then who behaved in ways now they look back and say I shouldn't I think they should they should take accountability for it I mm-hmm. think they should say to their fans and the people that follow their lead. I was wrong, I was stupid. You shouldn't be wrong and stupid either. I've learned, I've grown, I've changed and, and and at least put that out there. Otherwise, it just perpetuates. It comes from the top. If you don't have the people who are um, considered like leaders or uh, influential in the scene,
1: calling that shit
2: out, it's gonna perpetuate, it's gonna keep going because you're, you're giving that nod, that wink and nod to it, that it's okay. Mm-hmm. and it, it, it shouldn't be mm-hmm. but until like more people get on board with that it's it's you're just going to have a bunch of voices screaming into the abyss mm-hmm.
0: but sometimes i have the feeling that even if we we like to write and say oh we need to be united we need to respect this and that when you're when you're at the shows you see this there there always been like group of people but now you it seems to me that you see more more of that. Like we are there in the same hole, but at the same time, there is more this group here, this group there. So even with men and women, you notice that there is this congregation of one and this congregation of others.
2: Well, one of the funny things about women too is that like there are some women who never have a negative experience. And I'm I'm really jealous of that and I'm so glad that they they've existed and that yeah. were they've kind of managed to kind of navigate in a way where they haven't had to experience that. That doesn't make the women who do have those negative experiences, their experiences not valid. And what I sometimes hear, and it's really frustrating, is women who say, I've never had that happen to me. So it, it didn't really happen. Ooh, yeah. And they completely invalidate that experience. Mm-hmm. Now I I have a I'm involved in a small group of um, women who are straight edge who we all converse at a Facebook group and we've all had so many of those experiences and it it, it just can't be um, isolated
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know the, the the treatment the the things that are said and and it, it it's not isolated and and what do we do we don't talk about it out loud. Because mm-hmm. if we do, we don't. We we'd be called. Like I remember, you know, when I fr- went in the na- late late nineties, early two thousands, when the site was actually like had a lot of momentum. Uh, you know, you would be called a feminazi or you would be this like crazy feminist just because you're saying, "Hey, I don't want to be treated like shit."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I'm not. I'm not asking to be treated special. I just, I just don't want you to, to call me a cunt because. I'm at a show and I'm not a, a guy.
0: Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah.
2: You know, I, I don't, you know, it's just like, I, I, you know, if you, if you can't take a hit, get out of the pit. Well, you're six foot two and 300 pounds. I can't absorb a hit from you. Like, what am I going to do? I'm going to mm-hmm. fall on the floor. <laughs> like, I like, was supposed to be supposed to be happy. Like, uh, I went to a show, like, not too long ago, maybe two years ago, was it, maybe? I don't know. I have a herniated disc disc in my back. And this asshole just fucking donkey kicked me as hard as he could. I was in urgent care. I couldn't walk for, like, a week. That's not fun. Yeah. Like, it's like, why is it fun? You have fun, jump on people, push, run into each other, whatever. But why would you purposely hurt somebody who's half your size? It's strange I, I mean I haven't quite reconciled why I'm so attracted to such an aggressive form of music and shows and why I get so excited to go and I like the energy and I get you know I, I don't know why Probably some trauma from my childhood but um, I just it, it, there is a difference in how um, girls are treated from guys and, and to say otherwise would be just completely disingenuous mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and yeah, this is why, one of the most most important reasons why I definitely want to talk about that in the podcast because uh, while I'm at work, I'm outside of the stage sometimes and I have the time to look at the crowd and see different situation or behave or from people around me. And it's always nice to see that, Twenty years later, after my first concert, I see people in whom I, I I could recognize myself. You know, like oh yeah, I was I was two weeks ago, two weekends ago uh, at the Pennywise and Dropkick morphy's concert here in in the town where I live. And uh, for Pennywise, I was in right in the in the pit, and uh, yeah, we were just like this is old school punk pogo, you know. <laughs> I, I was missing that. Yeah, this pushing. But it was this pushing, you know, and, and in front of me at the barricade there was a couple of the the classic people that you find at the concert that they want to stay in the front row, in the middle, and they look at you complaining because the people are pushing, you know. Oh
2: yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a, that's there's a, a, a role. They're but at the same know, time, you you time I, saw, I saw a
0: couple of guys that were so young and you see that they was in kind of what I have to do? What am I doing? You know, kind of, and listen to one. There was a, a guy. We were like sing along together, and they were. You see the what are they doing? What are they screaming so loud? a song, you know, like because it was the first experience, and I thought, oh, that's amazing that you are there. Welcome, you know, like that's what, that was in some way my way to say you're welcome. Let's go in the pit, you know, like. But with that, yeah. When I when we talk about more hardcore yeah I have the feeling that that there is right now there is a lot of rising violence in general. Oh, yeah
1: uh,
0: more I seem more I, more I, every I time live, before and I am the I guy, mean, one of the guy who was pushing hard like
2: <laughs> i may, maybe 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 by you i I mean the show that I've been to and and I go to uh, I have a problem with buying tickets so I have a, a list this long of tickets that I've bought in advance and and whatnot They've been, they've been tame compared to what was happening in my area, and I would say in the early 2000s,
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Connecticut was bonkers. It was it was just people went to jail. I mean, it was it was a bonkers scene. It was it, you had the it, it, you just you didn't want to you didn't want to cross the wrong people, and if you did, you you were going to get hurt, and it didn't matter where you stood. You could be standing in the back of the room. in the the far corner of the room everything was fair game which i think made it it sucked it's that's for people who are a a smaller physical stature for people with no interest in in dancing i mean there's a hierarchy if you don't want to get hit go to the side stand in the back you should be fine but those rules were completely disregarded Mm -hmm. and and it was it was not a inviting uh environment and it wasn't a um an environment that you took into consideration that uh, not everybody is nineteen and in really great shape. <laughs> you know, so if someone has a, a something wrong with them that you can't see. Like for instance, I have this a smushed disc in my back, and if someone, if, if I'm not careful, and someone knocks into me, I, I'm out for two weeks. Mm-hmm. From the surface, I look perfectly healthy, but I have something invisible that you can't see. I mean, I guess if that makes me a a wimp or I mean, I don't
0: think it, it, it disqualifies me from going to a show. Like, No, 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 that that's clear. I mean, I, I totally uh, think for the hype for the concert, the energy, it's amazing to see people moving, feeling that. But yeah. when I just see people waiting on the side and just getting and kick it, like, you know that you want that person. You know and <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I know that, that I'm... A I haven't planned to have a episode with a with a person who belongs to one of this motion crew, and it's gonna be as interesting to have a dialogue with him, because it, for me it's kind of love and hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I totally understand
2: nothing wrong with dancing and and, yeah, but, and jumping. But I totally and-
0: understand that, as you said, when some with some people what. They just were there to enjoy the music and to support the scene. That's mm-hmm. the fact. Once again, Stride Edge belongs to the music scene, belongs to our scene. And, and and people are there to share it and to support it. And they don't deserve just to go out uh, for the concert with a blue eye or bleeding out because somebody <laughs> just again, like the frustration coming out. Yeah.
2: I always say like there are rules you know where you, the safe zones are and if you're worried about that stuff then you should be able to be safe in the safe zone you know if you if you enter in the area where things are getting rowdy then okay All, you yeah. know you're t- it's informed consent i guess you know course, you're, you're, yeah. you know if you're there you're 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 like i expect it's going to happen it's fine when i was younger i used to be more in it because i was i didn't have uh, a bad back But I usually kind of stay off to the side now because I want to enjoy it. I don't want to be all the way in the back. That sucks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't want to stand back there. But um, actually, I took my my husband and I took our girls to a a hall show over the Mm -hmm. summer to see um, uh, the band change and uh, Bertolt City. Mm -hmm. And it it quite possibly was uh, the best first hardcore show to bring like 15 year olds to because it was small they were bands that weren't necessarily like that brought like a certain crowd, mm-hmm. but it was also one of those really great. um I, I like this. I know some people don't, when a band gets up and the singer has something he really wants to share. Oh and yeah. They, it, they were talking about straight edge. And they were talking about mental health and they were just talking about hardcore. And it was like one of those, like almost like a sermon and everyone was getting all like into it. And I'm just watching my girls just like, you know, like taking it all in, and we brought them to kind of like the front because it was a hall show. You're on the floor, and the band is right in front of them, and they were just like, and other people were blocking for that. They had this very immersive experience, and they walked away from it like, "Oh, that was really cool," you know. And then, uh, a little while ago, we took them to see another band uh with at on the lesson jake tour with like flying higher and something else and um my daughter was like I really want to go talk to the singer. I'm like, go ahead. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you can you can talk to anybody here. Yeah. They love that. They want to talk to you. And it just blew her mind that the people on the stage would be accessible.
0: Yeah, that that's incredible. And I I had the chance to meet the guys from uh Despise Icon. And, uh, and that specific tour uh, was the one of the two singers, uh, and I was not tour with Obed the Brave, his other side project, and I was having dinner with the bands and he sit in front of me and we just start talking and then I said, oh, you know, I saw you will come in two months again in Switzerland with the Spice Icon, so we're going to see here at the concert. And I remember uh, while the other band were playing, uh, Alexandra was there. And I went to the merch table and we just stopped talking, but I was so, uh, it was quite unbelievable that we were just like two people that just went there and talked to him, you know, and say, oh, it was a nice concert like this. Other people just was there. They may don't really know who the singer is or who he's. I mean, this is one of the part uh, that I also personally love, the fact that after the before the set, you have the chance to go and just... just uh, just talk, and it happened that uh, Shayulud played like oh my god! Now is eight nine years ago in Zurich, and that's uh, one of the main cities of Switzerland. And I brought my book of Dune, and I said, "A guy, hey, can you please Matt, did write?" You
2: talk to
0: Matt? Yeah, write, write, yeah. A, write oh, upon the, write the book.
2: Matt lives in Valley, so we we. We have a lot of shared history. So yeah. Oh, cool. And he brought me And then <laughs> I
0: did um I did uh, an episode. I one of the first episodes he was it was with the bass player of uh Shayulud Ledazo into uh, zombie apocalypse and and then I told him the story and say oh my I remember about you and wait he just called on FaceTime Matt and then he, he said, Oh do you remember the guy it's like yeah the guy who, who uh, let me uh, write uh, sign the book and it was yeah. so cool because like years later, those memories was there. But w- when you were telling about uh, the let's call him preaching moment of a bed, this is something that's kind of gone missing. I, I mm-hmm. really I really enjoyed what there was like one of two songs, and then he started, you know, I take the time now to t- say something, this and because okay. you know that this person gonna you say have it that
2: and... they have that that clout, they have that stage. Yeah take advantage of it. Like I know like a lot of bands don't necessarily have like a, maybe it's a, 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 something in there that they need, they need to go off their chest or a, a, a passion. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of youth group bands do. Right. And that's why there's so much fun because they have that energy and that passion and they get you excited about it. And it's not, they're not there just to say, Hey, you know, beat the shit out of the guy next to you. Or I want to, mm-hmm. you know, it's, they were like, "Hey, you know what? Like, I remember, um, change. Was it change? I think change." They were like, "You know, um, if you're ever feeling down or this and that, you got to realize that there's somebody who cares about you. You have everybody in this room. You have a room full of people that are like your instant friends, and that's why this hardcore scene is so important." And I grew up in I grew up in New York, and I, not New York City, but it was like right between Albany and New York City. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. had a lot of influences, and I grew up really, I mean, wholeheartedly believing that the hard core scene was a family you couldn't change my mind it was your 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 second family sometimes it was more important than your actual family and i i was a hundred percent believer in that and every weekend when you'd go to see those bands that's what they would talk about you know they talk about this is your family this is a brotherhood this is the sisterhood and i i like full i hundred percent into that and i still i still believe that i still believe that the music scene can be that family or that whatever it is that you don't have outside that you're looking for, that connection, those friendships, you can have that there. If you're not accepted out here, you can be accepted here. Yeah, And, it, and I think that that is so very important. And it's not just about, uh, and I think when the bands talk about that, it resonates with people because so many people who are drawn to this music, have a little little broken piece of them
1: that's Mm -hmm. searching
2: for something and and a lot of them can find it there yeah feel like they're part of something
0: yes the fact that you share uh, (laughs) i'm laughing because i remember last tour i i work with i just met some random people I, i don't even know the name but there was this small moment where you you know you're packing the thing from the stage and you just say hey you talk just a little bit of that and that and at this moment you share something with somebody that you know it was there because for your the same reason you were there the music the passion the scene uh, and this is amazing and as I said it, it, those are people are like I don't know who they are but in that's specific moment we just we just connect
1: mm-hmm. and uh,
0: that's that's amazing uh, but maybe maybe it's because nowadays with people like filming and everything there's always this fear that you say something and get misunderstood and then you get like label but at the same time yeah you we, we, as we were saying like you have the chance in the scene to go and talk to this person. It's not that really? after they just disappear somewhere, and you know they're there. If you're, hey, you know, I mean, be able to share. Maybe you better understand this point of view, or you 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 get like a new input on something. But I don't know. I I think it's gonna it will have a really a huge huge impact if some bands will start paying more like preachers. like it's even in in situation like we were talking before respect for in this in this case of this episode for women that are there and witness the show and willing to but just say something nice because sometimes because you hear,
2: don't it, yeah even if you see anything like if you hear if you're just hanging out with your friends and they're they're talking shit about something you'd be like yeah it's not cool yeah. it's just it's just not it, it. that sucks calling it just just calling it out in real time and if you see something or if you if you see something online call it out Mm -hmm. i'm not saying you know necessarily start fights and stuff but you can just say that's that's not cool
0: no that's that that
2: pressure that enough of that kind of i guess gentle pressure
1: mm
2: -hmm. almost shame will will kind of keep people from instead of that narrative kind of coming out like right now all the andrew tate nonsense that exists it's permeating, like, I know it's permeating the middle schools, it's permeating the high schools, there's all this misogyny, and these kids are just repeating shit. They yeah. kind of just need to hear from people who are a little bit older, even their peers. That's not cool.
0: No, but, yeah, it's kind of... Uh, I was doing this this dialogue with our friends, and this topic comes out, and they say just, like, how um, we are, like, used to some kind of situation where normally you should say, "Hey, something's not wrong. Something is why or we we you were, but it seems that yeah, it's normal. It's daily bread. You know, like you know what's going on. Okay, oh, it was like this. Yeah, it's not okay, but it's you are still passive. You say it, but
2: like my kid's school. We live in a in a very small rural, as rural as Connecticut gets, I guess, town, right. and there's a lot of racism." And my, my girls know how to I, like they, it bothers them and they have no problem being like that, that person said the N word and that's not right. And then calling it out. And then, you know, if they say my, my daughter's always like saying, well, the boy said the F slur and I told this person and I did that. And I'm, I'm so proud that they do that because it's like, it's so important to call out things when you see them. Mm And, and if you don't call it out, you're kind of just giving permission to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. So if you, you know, if you, if you, if you are in a position where you have any kind of clout or power or the perceived status, I think you should use that. You should wield it appropriately. I think you should, you should take advantage of it and try to do some good. Mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. good it is that you is your passion like if it's animal rights then by all means it's animal rights if it's equality if it's um whatever it is then then you you know but passively sitting by being like well that sucks but i'm not going to say anything because i don't want to deal with the consequences
0: mm-hmm. this is something else that's i think so many artists are like putting that on the table like how much will i get engaged with this kind of things you know because honestly, you could just do your music and your stuff like being gorgeous stride right ahead and no really care. Uh, or you can really get involved. But getting involved, that means that you you will like take a lot yeah. of hits. And it, it, but this is not just online, just like in real life. What does not mean having a confrontation? It doesn't mean that you have to follow with a fight I get out with a fight or something like this but in the end just like hey where is the problem let's talk about it and um mm-hmm. the... I mean you
2: could I guess it, you can ask them, like why did you say that yeah like do you really do you like do you ever think about how that would make somebody else feel like I, and maybe sometimes that's enough for someone to go no why would I think that it's like because it makes somebody feel a certain way like you know you want I know that there's a lot of um, backlash against people being like woke and wokeism mm-hmm. and, and whatever. And I think it's such a silly um, thing to be against caring about other people. Like, oh, you know, it's to be labeled, it's to have it be negative because you're concerned about another person's welfare.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: This doesn't make any sense to me. And it's, it, I, I I have a really hard time when it's like, well, it's fun for me to hurt them either physically, emotionally, intellectually, whatever it is. So therefore, I should be able to do it. When you <laughs> never take any other person into consideration at all, they're just a, an object, like a yes. play. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, giving your personal experience the best things also to make people also better understand because. I think the the only problem with this so-called woke society is that social media just give you like these three seconds, 10 seconds uh, of something. And it always used to be eclatant to be like like this. So you got like input with no well, content. Yeah, everybody's
2: so trying difficult. to be more extreme than the next person, right? More extreme, more extreme, more extreme. Yeah, and 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 it's the, like where I find myself is, I'm not, I'm not uh, conservative enough for some and I'm not liberal enough for others. Yeah, And it's just like, I just, I don't need to be extreme. I don't, I don't feel that um, that it's necessary for me to be comfortable in my own life. I like to, or maybe I'm a little more logical, pragmatic, and I try to emphasize and understand where people are coming from. But Mm -hmm. um, I'm definitely not, I kind of don't quite fit in either camp. So I always lose followers because I'm, maybe I'm not straight enough because I'm Mm -hmm. not vegan. You know, that's been a constant yeah throughout you know i've you know kind of been like relegated over here a lot because oh, you're well, not straight edge vegan and i'm like well sorry like it's not that's not my calling it's not my passion
0: yeah right i got i i have to, <laughs> to deal with that sometimes too but you know i just try not to you know to make like a big things about it you know just just say no i'm just doing what i'm feeling that's good for me i have also sometimes the people just Keep respect you because you notice that you have your opinion, you have your position, and you still like confident on that without being an asshole. I think this is what, but once again, because of the, the fact that it's so important to dialogue, always to obtain this, to give this point of view, Uh, it's happened something yesterday that I was really open my eyes. There, there was an article online about a well-known uh, English writer called Roald Dahl. He wrote a lot of kids' tales. Mm-hmm. And now uh, the those who belong, have the rights on these ratings are changed some Thank words and some part. The, and in the beginning, I say, oh, what's... I have to be honest. My first reaction was, oh, what's going on? Why we have to change, you know? And then I talked with a good friend. It's a journalist. And he was saying... It stopped me while I was telling him, Hey, I don't get it, why walk society, what's going on? They touch. It. And then it's a you know, but you have to think something that maybe when somebody wrote that the let's say the age or the moment where this book that story was written, the use of certain words was already been not right, but they were in use in the society, and nobody really here at the time to say, wait, that word is not good to describe this because it belongs to a certain mentality, belong to a certain position in the society. But of course, we got that the text and I would say a clever person or I would like we are a little sensible, read the text and maybe can make his own opinion. Nowadays, say we want to adapt the text to a more um, inclusive uh, and it's crazy because this is so such a nice keyword, inclusive. Inclusive is not an aggressive word or like a predominant word. But, you know, you say, and think, you
2: say inclusive and it, it makes people blood boil. I mean, they're blood, yeah, right? blood pressure. It's But it's like you of, say,
0: there is worst word, like, like let's say yeah. predominant or
2: like. Um, you might as well like, like, call it a, someone a socialist. I mean, they're just going to lose their, 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 you know, like, all of a sudden it's a dirty word. And you're like, do you even know what it means? Like, do you know what inclusivity means? Do you know what socialism means? Do you know what any of this means? Because it sounds like you don't. Like, they just get, they get triggered and then they get all crazy and yelling at you. And you're just like, well, I mean, I can't talk to you when you're yelling.
0: Yes. And I was impressed because in the beginning, my first reaction was why? But then this person helped me with this friendly dialogue to understand, oh, wow, that's, you are doing really a nice, uh, a nice uh, process. Do also people understand why this is necessary or is, a, or is a good input. It's not that we are not going to be able to read the original text, that no, but it's just that we can also have the chance to have the same text with the same meaning, but understand the way I don't want to get now into much the political things, but this is also something like in Switzerland, I don't know what is your idea of Switzerland, but I noticed that many people already were at this idea oh, here is everything fine, is everything nice and everything. But we sadly have also a lot of racism. And three years ago, there was like a huge article because in this part of Europe, no, in northern Italy and in Germany, we have this kind of um, foam, it's made of sugar and milk. And it's like into like a chocolate bun. And it's called, uh, of in German, it's Möhrenkopf. Well, that, and that means, uh, uh, it's like, let's say translate is like African head. And so... I see why that would be
2: problematic.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and people were just saying, oh, why they will stop calling it like this? We always call that like this. And I said... To me, and I was at the, sitting at the bar, and there was a very nice old woman, and she approached me and she asked me about that. And I say, "Madam, that's very nice from you to ask me about that. But if this were like the solution to all racism, that would be very nice. <laughs> but it was just just one way to, yeah, to say we. Take I mean, just a because
2: it's always been one way doesn't mean it always should be. And right? I think and when I, things start to change, people change is really uncomfortable. It's hard. You know, especially if you've been the beneficiary of the status quo for so long, Mm -hmm. you know, it can be it can be scary to see like, well, why are they getting more than me? I'm like, they're not getting more than you. They're just getting what you have.
0: Yes. And people don't know, (laughs) uh, don't know, uh, for example, the origin of a war. I say, for me, you can keep calling that in that way, honestly, as a color person doesn't bother me. But for me, it's important that also you may know your origin of the word, uh, from where it come from, the roots and everything. And in my mother tongue, there is a lot of words that they are not bad words, but in how they are used in the last century, they became uh, bad. And one is like the N word in in English. We have the same word in Italian and even in German. But it's, you know, that it, it comes from Italian, it comes from Latin. In, Ital- in the old version of Italian we speak right now, it means just black the color. But if you use nowadays the content to describe a person, it sounds bad.
2: It sounds very bad, I would think.
0: You know, yeah. but but, you know, but it's bad because the connotation always has been used through the history that it makes this, this word bad. And some yeah, people... I mean, some Go people ahead. online were, were, were like writing. Uh, I was ashamed of that because was look scro- sometimes I have this bad idea of scrolling into the comments <laughs> and I just get lost to that because they say, oh, finally, I keep using it. Oh, yeah, who cares? Like, Dude, uh, of course you can but, use yeah. it, but but just learn a little bit, you know. And
2: With, once I grew again, up in the 90s and we there were a lot of terms that were used in the 90s that I'm I'm shocked now that no adult said to me you shouldn't say that Mm -hmm. i had had no context i didn't know any i I never you know would put things together but the the, you know the way everyone talked nobody ever said like you know what that means like no i don't know what that means
0: right repeating but you used to to get that you didn't have as an adult
2: yeah i won't say any of those words are you kidding me now that I know the context, but I know what it means. Absolutely not. So it's like people who are onto that, it's like, just because I, you know, once did something doesn't mean I will continue to do it after someone has been like, Hey, did you know this? And then you go, then you get embarrassed and say, no, I didn't. I Maybe should be more careful. Um, again, you know, when you're a teenager, what are, you, what are your influences?
1: Mm-hmm. Hopefully
2: an adult or somebody who is, who's more knowledgeable will kind of steer you in a better direction. But yeah, I mean, if you, I don't know why people get so um, attached to language like that, you know, say someone says to me, Hey, when you say this, Mm -hmm. it hurts me.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I won't say it anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's that, it's that simple to just have a little, uh, like the tiniest bit of empathy and respect for another person.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, that's all I think it needs is, is just to be, you know, put your, try to put yourself in somebody else's shoes as best you can. I mean, you can't ever actually get there, but if you try, you might just be, it kind of get a better perspective.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Yes. And this is interesting because connect a lot with what we were saying from the beginning about choices made in life, but you no know, to me this being edge, it's more like not call it like a challenge it's it's not the right word but it's something that really broke put me to the test in different situations with myself and also helped me also better understand understand those are social situation because in mm-hmm. some way to another it puts you in this where you need
2: to, I mean you've learned you I would assume I mean, correct me. I'm wrong, you've had to learn um how how to do things without on your own, right? Yes. You don't you if you're going into a social situation or something that's stressful or maybe you have to speak in front of people, you're not gonna be like, oh, I need to do something like uh, I need to take a substance to make it me have courage to be mm-hmm. able to do that. So I think that instills a certain amount of confidence in yourself. Like, you know that you can do that without having, uh, I guess, a, what we used to call like a crutch, right?
1: Mm-hmm,
2: like, mm-hmm. I, I don't need to lean on something else in order to be the best version of myself.
1: Right. You know, yes. you, you've been
2: able to tap into it in a way that doesn't require assistance.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Kelly, you said, we were talking also in the beginning that you have this website and blog Also, you can find also, it uh, on on Instagram, but what what can somebody expect to find on your portal about this straight edge being a woman and music? I mean,
2: so I, I, I don't typically just focus on um, either female generated content or mm-hmm. women, or women writing or people who identify as women writing um, or uh, it's the over overarching theme is straight edge. Uh, yeah the stuff I post personally is almost um, all interviews with women who are, or people who identify as female Um, or sometimes they, them as well, because I feel like our experiences have like the Venn diagram experiences. We overlap in a lot of ways, Um, especially in the hardcore scene, you know, it's either you're a guy or you're not. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yes. Yes. So
2: (laughs) you're, You're with them or you're just not. Um and what I really want to show is that there's such a wide variety of of um of us who are successful and interesting and our straight edge and all the different reasons why we we became, why we are, why we intend to still be, and in mm-hmm. that from the eighteen year old to the sixty year old, that there's this huge variety of people who we all have this common thread. -hmm. That hopefully, when someone sees that profile, they can see themselves in it. They can see they can they can it resonates with them, and they can you know kind of ask themselves like, oh, or think about maybe that's something I should I I could like bring into my life a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think especially for younger kids, just seeing all these incredible women who are doing incredible things. We're also straight edge is incredible. It's empowering, and it makes them think, "Hey, I can do that too.
1: Mm-hmm. I can,
2: I can be like her." Um, there's articles. There's uh, we. I don't shy away from some controversial. Uh, posting some controversial material like uh, weed right now is a, a. There's a lot of ideas about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I have my personal <laughs> ideas about it, but there's a lot of um. You know back and forth right now about uh, should medical marijuana be considered trade-edge.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I, I like was reading stuff. something somewhere, but it. it just escalated so quickly that it was so hard to follow or just to get to still like on a point where you can have like a, a discussion about that because, yeah.
2: I'd love to be able to discuss it without someone say, Oh, just gatekeeping. Because so it's like gatekeeping is, is, is I think is, is it's an elevated stance. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it just, if I disagreeing with you, it doesn't mean I'm gatekeeping. It means I disagree with you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and gatekeeping is another one where people just like, I, I don't know how to articulate it without sounding like an asshole. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you put, what what is training? Don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't do drugs. I think we should all be able to agree on that. Like, I think mm-hmm. that those three things, Almost universally, most people who are straight edge would say that that is, that that is the basics. Mm -hmm. There are people that are like, being like, well, I'm straight edge because I say I am, even if I drink every Tuesday after nine o'clock. And then if I go, no, (laughs) no, 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 you're not. I'm a gatekeeper. But I believe that. I believe you're not. Because <laughs> just, we've agreed as a group if you don't drink, you don't smoke, and you don't do drugs, why are we try to? Why would you want to identify with something that you don't actually want yeah, to adhere right? to? Yeah, So, like, what is, is that? Is that is am I, if, if that's gatekeeping? Then I guess I'm a gatekeeper because it's like I I'm having a really hard time being able to understand why you'd be like. Yeah, I'm straight edge, but um, occasionally I vape. And I'm like, that's not straight edge. You're a gatekeeper. Yeah. I'm like, it's not straight edge. Like, that it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. And those people are like, well, it is what it is. It's all about the feeling. It's all about the intent. And I'm like, what well, the intent is to not drink, not smoke, and to not do drugs? Like, I I just, if, if, if we aren't, if, what does it mean if it doesn't mean anything? Mm-hmm. Why even? I know there's a big thing when I was growing up. Was like, why even have a label? I'm like, because it's important to me. Why is it important to you? Or Why are the things that are important to you important to you?
0: Yeah, but because in the end, whatever you say, everybody like found something where they can identify themselves, like over like an umbrella where you can, you can, you know, like it's normal and and
2: like the the niche things you want to wanna be. Why would you want to be straight edge? Yeah. Like if you're not, if you don't believe those things, if that's not in you, if you don't look at it and say, that's what I, that resonates with me out of all the options you have right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Why straight edge? Like why, why would you, why would you want to try to make straight edge become what you, instead of you kind of, if you don't fit into it, it doesn't resonate with you. And it's not something that you're, um you're passionate about, or you feel, like, you know it shouldn't define you but you should already eat. how do i say this it doesn't define who i am i mean i've always been a teetotaling weirdo right it's not i probably if i never heard of straight i'd still not be drinking or yeah. doing drugs
0: same here yeah
2: but if if those things don't resonate with you and you don't feel them why would you want to apply that label to yourself i don't i don't know i don't know the answer to it i i it's something I kind of like cycle on a bit and I I try to think very hard about how to respond to people that are like I get um a lot of interviews in and I sometimes read what they're saying and I'm like I don't feel comfortable posting this
1: Mm -hmm.
2: you know I don't I don't I I don't feel that this represents and I I mean I guess it's my website I can do whatever I want but I don't think it represents what I think straight edge is but again I recognize that
0: I'm
1: just in a bubble
0: of my own, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, I, I like this idea. And this is something that I also struggle at sometimes because, um, I understand how is important to me, the message. And as you as you said, it's not about convincing people to do the same, but giving like a good example, you know, and, or show something alternative. Um, but at the same time, in some situation, it's just like, "Oh my God, what should I do? What what should I say?" Uh, but yeah, as you said, um, I had also this uh, once again. Or as a, it was three weeks ago, with a good friends, we were out and this guy come in and talking once again about the, the sex situation between the straight edge and not before marriage, just things like that's this. Religion. And
2: that's not straight edge, that's religion. And, like, and that's then people say,
0: oh, you see, you're trying to, to overlap the, the rule and everything. Is they say, no, dude, who said so? Like this, you know, have you ever talked about just respect in general? <laughs> like it could be just like this a good... Common ground where to start. To well, I mean,
2: I think with anything, right? You have people that are very fucking literal. Yeah. Right. So when you say I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't fuck. You know, like it, it. It. People are like, well there's no sex ever. But again, like I said earlier, we don't need to guess what was going through his mind at the time or what he meant by it. He told us what he's meant by it. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not. You you could you could write him right now and he would probably respond in some form and say you're full of shit or tell your friend to go fuck himself like he did with caffeine or whatever. But it, it that the, the that that no sex thing it really like I was really big. I want to say in like early two thousands or whatever when you had like purity was like a theme through mm-hmm. straight edge clothing and stuff and. I I think that that is is taking someone, you know, you grow up in a particular religion or household where maybe drinking is not um, frowned upon or not allowed, neither is Mm -hmm. smoking, and you're not, you're you're supposed to remain pure or chaste or whatever. And you hear about straight ads and you're like, oh, that fits my, that fits so I can be cool and do, and have a, you know, I don't have to have a, not to be like a nerd about it or something. Mm hmm but um yeah I, I just just like not even maybe last week some guy was like yeah what about the sex part everybody ignores that and i didn't even i didn't even respond because it would take me like four paragraphs to be like yeah right like really where do who, you just because it literally says that doesn't mean that you understand the context of where it came from mm-hmm. and without the context it's meaningless like people don't pay attention to To that context, and it's so important. Like we have a joke at work where we're like, "But context, because without it, you just cherry pick one thing, and it, and you, you create, however you want to call it, movement, ideology, philosophy, lifestyle." That most people aren't going to be able to do. Yes, I've been married well almost twenty years. I'm not going to have sex with my husband. That's fucking ridiculous. Like. They, and I shouldn't
0: have to I shouldn't have to send that to anybody either yeah but uh, you know, I don't like, I don't even know from really from wh- where some people just arrived to think like that you know like about something I don't know because it was to me uh i, I can only speak about how I got into the straight edge of the information I have but I remember this friend we were in a in a in a garden riding bikes bmx showing me this band he still have CDs, you know, like really seems like ages, but it was like, and we would say, yeah, hey, you know, no drinks, no smoke, no drugs. And of course, uh, about said, what about the sex? I say, and that's the fun part is that we both were just like way far from our first experience. So, you know, like we're, mm. we're just teenagers, you know, talking about that and say, no, but it just, it just told me like, yeah, you, you, do you, 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 you shared this experience seriously with your partner and not like counting, like, like body counting eh, whatever you do, I, say, I would say, oh, and at that moment which to me was, wow, that should be like this, you know, maybe because I also grow up in a, in a household where there it was, it's, it's okay to have intimacy, but you need to respect and everything, you know, are <laughs> the way I grew up with the values of my family. And I say, okay. That's cool, because then I and then growing up, you also have your friends and talk people at school saying, "Oh, you know what happened the weekend? Yeah, it happens like this and that, but the guy's an asshole." So you see, you see in the end, then you see all this situation, and you say, "I won't say to avoid because sometimes it's a really live experience and help people to learn something." But at the same time. Uh, yeah, I think this is more a dialogue when, when important when you are over a certain age when you keep doing some kind of things and you say, "Dude, uh, did you ever learn something from what have you lived till nowadays?" And then you reconnect with these things and say, uh, "I'm, I'm, I'm personally, I'm really every day, I'm really glad, you know, to to have shoes to." to follow this, to, to make strategy part of my life, because it really broke me to connect with so good friends and they are not living. Uh, one of my best friends is a guitarist or, or ex guitarist of Billy the Kid from Costa Rica and he now living in, uh, in Poland with his wife and we text like every day or we call and other friends in Germany and France, and, and one of the reasons those people are, first of all, good friends It's also because they are also straight edge. And this is mm-hmm. something that sometimes is not to underestimate, you know, you realize. No. I, it's,
2: just, it's not even said about having that, that comfort, that bond. It's almost like being from the same, almost like a geographic region in a sense, where if you meet somebody from the same town, you both are like, oh, you know, this place and this place. And, you know, you can kind of connect on that level. Um but I think it's that, you know, if I meet somebody who's straight edge, I immediately know that we're aligned in a certain amount of ways. We may just disagree or have different interpretations on some other things, but I know that on some really core values, we align. I know that we could go out and it would be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that we, you know, both likely have things in common. So it, may, it just, you just kind of start off, like if you're playing Sims with your bar a little bit <laughs> higher than somebody else
1: yes you know? amazing and then
2: in, so i i it, it, i do think that in we we speak a similar language right you know where there's a common in a common universe where if, if you feel like you're not understood in, in a different part of your life you know when you meet somebody who's straight edge they probably understand a piece of you that those people don't understand
1: mm-hmm.
0: definitely definitely Kelly, thank you very much for this amazing talk. I think we are now arrived at the end of this episode. But as the poster, I mean, for those who are going to watch the video on YouTube, I can see the poster with, though I want to believe with the UFOs. I will I will use that uh, and say, I want to believe that this talk we had like opened the mind of some people, or listener, young listener, but also older guys there and inspiring <laughs> to become strategy or to just... Learn something from that,
2: or maybe but, make a little small change today right. that nobody snowballs right. do another change tomorrow.
0: Yes, you know? and I want to believe also for for the women out there that I want to come to the show, be part active of the music scene. That is a wonderful oh. thing. Just go do it, and I really hope that also we'll have a lot more support from the from men also because we don't we can't deny that these are a male supremacy in this scene, <laughs> incredible. And, and and, but as I said, I think that we don't have to stop. You don't have to stop to come and share the passion, say what you say. And I think this episode was really, really interesting. Even for myself, I learned a lot. I also love to talk and broaden out my ideas on something that I see. And uh, I really have to thank you. And yeah, for all the listeners and the fan of the podcast, you will find all the information and description in this of this episode about your website and where maybe you can get in touch with you directly. And mm-hmm. of course, don't forget to follow and subscribe to Music to Live with Shandy. Thank you very much, and I wish you a lovely
2: day. Thank you for having me.
1: Check this out.